hour number two. Hanging out today, United Way Golf Tournament right here from Westwood Park. Presented by Cavens Group. United Way of Norman doing some incredible things always for the city of Norman. You can get involved in helping United Way help our community by visiting United Way of Norman online. And they've got the little donate tab there in the top right corner. Josh Helmer, Travis Davidson, Connor Pasby hanging out with you. We call this the Plank Show right here, the Ref, the home of Sooner fans, welcome to Hour 2. Hope everybody's having a, a good Friday, or start to the Friday, that is. We uh, we made it. We made it. Into the work week, here we are. Big breaking news this morning, just to get everybody up to speed, in case you're just now tuning or dialing us in. The Sooners 2024 slate, it's finished. We were awaiting a couple of dates that still needed opponents. Oklahoma has added Houston. Oklahoma has added Maine, each of these two home dates for Oklahoma. It also means that the uh, the first three dates on o- Oklahoma's 2024 schedule, they are set for Oklahoma. So it's, uh, it's open it up with Temple, it's uh, play Houston, it's versus Tulane, and then we'll see after that. One thing I wanted to dive into this morning, because uh, it has direct implications on Oklahoma's 2023 schedule is the news with the the latest in the Iowa Iowa State gambling probe an Oklahoma State player somebody that is was expected to be a difference maker for Oklahoma State now heavily involved in this investigation and a criminal complaint has been filed by the Johnson County Attorney's Office against Arlen Bruce the fourth, who again is a transfer from Iowa to Oklahoma State, was expected Travis to be an impact wide receiver for Oklahoma State this season. And I'm here to tell you, it's alleged, and you know the the alleged wagers are 132 sports wagers totaling 4,342 dollars. the The problem that is particularly damning here 11 bets on iowa games in which he participated and it's alleged that he put the under on a couple of these games and you go back you start rolling some of the highlight tape of some of these games i mean there's there's a muffed punt versus nebraska last year in a game in in which again uh I, i don't know that we know the specifics on that particular game but we know that he bet the game and it just doesn't look good. I don't see any way, Travis, going forward again in the world of it's alleged, it's alleged, it's alleged. I don't think Arlen Bruce, he's not playing for Oklahoma State. I don't think he's playing college football ever again. Yeah, there's simply no way. I mean, and I know I've seen on the X.com or Twitter.com this morning where it's, well, you know, possibly Arlen Bruce not going to play, you know, next year. There's no way. There's no way he plays. And, Josh, for maybe the first time ever on these airwaves, thank you, Oklahoma legislation, for not legalizing sports betting. Because because could you imagine if we were opening up these uh, airwaves today and uh, instead of uh, talking about the added conference slate or the added 2024 slate, we were like, oh, man. Dylan Gabriel and Andrew Rame and Chris oh Pedway and all these guys. Oh, man, they're all out. I mean, could you imagine? Oof. That's brutal. But the yeah. wide receiver room, I mean, it is decimated. They were bringing in him 
for some help because you lose Braylon Presley, obviously the younger brother, Brennan Presley, he's at, he's at Tulsa. John Paul Richardson had 49 catches last year. Um, you've got, uh, what, Bryson Green had 36 catches last year. I mean, you, you've lost some, some production out of there and, they were they were counting on everybody just all right cool we'll batten the hatches and uh, we'll get Brennan Presley the ball a bunch and we'll bring in some help well when the help shows up and you find out as fall camp starts that you're not going to have them not ideal yeah it's it's just not good the uh, betting on your own games is obviously the the really really bad part of it and this would have been the fear for everyone right is the integrity of college football games potentially being compromised when when states make the decision to legalize sports gambling and you know feel how you want to feel about things at at some point sports gambling probably is still coming to the uh, the state of Oklahoma and it just feels like it's going to spread nationally though i mean you tell me Travis this little Iowa Iowa state thing here i mean is this the tip of the iceberg will there be more is the NCAA I mean, do they have to wait for an Alabama baseball-type situation to pop up uh, or self-reporting to happen before they really start digging around? Or is this going to be tip of the iceberg? There's going to be a lot more of this before there's less of this. And then in turn, does that sort of, you know, make a state like Oklahoma say, I don't know if we want to legalize this thing and open up the, the can of worms that could be there? Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it seems eventual, right? And maybe this is a blessing in disguise for a lot of teams around here, right? Like, hey, look, look at what look at what's happening to the careers of these guys. Because, you know, the argument, Josh, often is, well, what should Matt Campbell do? What should he have done, right? Like, you can't ask him to go and, like, look through the phones of everybody. You can't, you know, you can put up a sign in the locker room that says, hey, no gambling on our own games but the whole the whole point is these guys are using their parents names you know aliases things like that so josh they know it's wrong it's not like one person is just pleading ignorance and saying oh i didn't know i couldn't bet on games that i was playing in oh no well i'm you know whoopsie i mean pull a full george costanza you know i was that wrong i can't do that like (laughs) You, so you're like, saying I'm I'm not supposed to do that? You're saying I'm not supposed to do that? Well, I'm going to have to plead ignorance on this one. But but that's the thing. Like, I don't know what more Matt Campbell could have done to prevent something like this. Um, I don't know what Mike Gundy could have done to check to see if his transfers were, you know, being investigated for gambling on their own games. The thing is, this has to be, you know, from within this has to be from the student athlete that doesn't want their entire career railroaded by their own dumb decisions because you know there are a lot of criminal complaints involved in this because they were using other people's names but i mean some people that might have pro prospects are now throwing their career away because they've been kicked out of the sport or they will be kicked out of the sport i mean that is some that is some heavy heavy stuff man well, and as it pertains to OU, frankly, in a couple of instances here, on paper, uh, if things go the way that it looks like this is headed, 
it makes things easier for Oklahoma this season. A schedule that we look at and say, okay, I, I don't know, there's just a ton of major, major challenges outside of Texas, obviously, some uh, redeeming there after last season to be done, and that will always be a massive measuring stick game. But Deckers out of the equation at Iowa State. Oklahoma State is damaged here. You just look at OU's schedule and what the you know ramifications could be here for OU. Uh, again, we turn this thing back to the University of Oklahoma. To me, Travis, I look at it and say, again, this is just one more reason why 2023 needs to be a great year, 9, 10, 11 win type season for Oklahoma because there's two opponents, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, that they're not going to be as good as we thought going in. Well, to be fair, I didn't really expect either of them to be very good in the first place. I mean, Oklahoma State's replacing a ton at wide receiver. Obviously, they're replacing an all-Big 12 quarterback or a Big 12 player of the year uh, quarterback. Uh, I mean, yeah, they've got a run game that I think is going to be really good. I think Ollie Gordon's going to have a really good year. But, I mean, we'll see. And then Iowa State had the best defense in the Big 12 last year and still only won four games. So... You know, some people are saying, you know, is it good news that their offensive players are getting, uh, getting, you know, kicked off the team essentially because they couldn't score last year. They might as well try the people that aren't betting against their own team. But I mean, this this is different than if it were to hit like OU in Texas or something like that. Like a couple people that were, you know, picked to win the conference or picked to at least finish top three, top four in the conference. But yeah, at minimum, Josh, it's almost like it's almost like when you play like a really bad team in a bowl, like let's, let's, or not bad team necessarily, but a non-high profile team, like let's look at Boise State, right? We were just talking about them. What did OU have to gain in that bowl, right? If you win, everybody goes, well, yeah, sure, you should. I mean, of course you beat Boise State, you're Oklahoma. But if you lose, they play Statue of Liberty highlights for the next 20 years, right? So, like, with that, it's almost like, oh, God, like Iowa State, you really can't afford to lose to Iowa State now or to Oklahoma State, you know, uh, to a lesser degree now because you'll get zero credit, <laughs> zero credit for beating them. But I mean, they're they're going to give it, they're going to give it their all again, especially knowing it's the last time they're going to play us. Yeah, I, th- there's no doubt, and in in some ways you can make that little argument that it, it adds a little bit of pressure to just the expectation side of it. But uh, ultimately for OU, it, uh, I mean, I just I think it makes the schedule easier. From the text line, uh, out of the 918, if any college athlete bets on their games, is, if any college athlete who bets on their games is ever allowed to play again, college sports is over. It becomes the WWE. That's why, you know, to that texter's point, I think that's why you're going to see the NCAA take a hard line here. Sooner, sooner Co. Wetzel, Iowa has a bunch of Pete Roses. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting to see just how how far the rabbit hole goes, right? I mean, you have to assume that only the ones that have been caught represent a very small number, right, Josh? Indeed, yeah. And that's why I wonder, are we going to see more elsewhere, or is this just, hey, let's make an example out of these two and, and hope that you don't run into more problems down the road? Uh, if you're... This is from Coy on the text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. If you're a college football player, why would you bet on or against your team and your sport that you're playing? And I'm just talking about gambling and betting. 
I just find it funny how betting and gambling used to be such a bad thing, and now you have all these different websites, and you hear about it almost everywhere on the radio. Now ESPN's coming out with their own betting channel. It's, I mean, it's, you're right, it's all around us. ESPN coming out with their own betting channel, which kind of makes sense as to why they gave McAfee all that money, right? Doesn't that make some sense? Um, but let's see. Can, can we list league partners, DraftKings, um, BetMGM, there's Caesar Sportsbook, now ESPN Bet. Yesterday, Tyler was reading off um, odds for Texas uh, from ESPN, their ESPN gambling guru, odds for Texas and Oklahoma and the rest of the Big 12 to win the Big 12 and then go on to win the national championship. But, yeah, we're absolutely inundated with with massive advertisements and apps and free bets. And if I could check my email and probably find 50 spam you know, emails from different betting apps. But, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different world we're living in now. On the revenge tour question that you asked, the uh, 405 points out, as did you. Did we not already get revenge on Oregon a few years back in the bowl game? Yes, but uh, I'm talking like big stage college football playoff type environment where, uh, I don't know, a Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't decide that it's not important for him to uh, play in the football game, that type of revenge. Rusty right. uh, from the 918 chimes in and says, how about USC, Boise State, Florida? Florida, I mean, I don't I, I don't feel we have that much beef with Florida. I mean, yeah, if we were to meet him in a super high-stakes game, but, I mean – that's decently passed for me necessarily. USC would just be a hate game. That's not, I, I don't even know if that's a revenge <laughs> right. for me. It would just be pure, pure hate. But, yeah, especially, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Do you watch national championships with the idea of, God, if this is a blowout, I hope it's a worse blowout than the USC-Oklahoma game <laughs> so we can have a new – or the, the LSU-Oklahoma game so we can kind of put these things away as, as playoff blowouts because now everybody thinks TCU-Georgia when they think blowout, luckily. but um, th- And technically, that USC-Oklahoma game never happened, according to the NCAA. That's right. Stricken from the record books. Yeah, it's uh, – for whatever reason, Oklahoma's been on the – well, for whatever reason, it's because uh, – didn't, didn't turn out well, didn't play well in, in those particular instances and matched up with really good teams in USC and LSU. But, you know, Villanova as well, for whatever reason, Oklahoma in uh, a couple of these, you know, football and, and basketball, Final Four national championship situations, there's just been a couple of frustrating, embarrassing, losing ends of the equation that OU's had to uh, be on the brunt end, uh, receiving end of, unfortunately. So, I guess what I'm saying is we're, we're due for the opposite, right? Right. Well, and I think part of it, especially, you know, with the losses to, like, Iowa State and the bugaboo of just Kansas State kind of having our number under Lincoln. And, like, I, I think a lot of that is the same thing we're seeing out at USC under Lincoln. It's the idea is that you can just outscore everybody. Outscore everybody. Outscore everybody. Well, you can't get, like, those those bad teams or the overmatched teams, I should say, the teams that don't have the talent that you do, you should be able to put them away and get your guys like this year. Jackson Arnold should get plenty of playing time. Like, if you just want to continue to outscore somebody, and that that's what gets us into the arguments, Josh, of did we score too quickly? Like, 
great defensive teams, they've never questioned in the like it doesn't even dawn on them that they might have scored too quickly because they're not operating under the assumption that the other team will just score automatically like we did for the longest time. Uh, and that's that's the biggest biggest sign that your defense is no good if you are worried if you are scoring touchdowns too quickly in a game that is decided largely by who scores the most touchdowns. Want to talk a little Oklahoma football camp when we come back? Let's do it. Let's do it. Teddy was on the uh, T-Row in the morning show. The uh, the the two big uh, voices of Oklahoma football, a couple of them anyways, the uh, two voices in the booth combining this morning, the T-Row top 25 countdown. Oklahoma checks in at number 11. What do we think about that? And then uh, I thought Teddy with – T-Row had some interesting things to say about uh, pieces of camp that have caught his eye. Let's kick that around next. It's the Plank Show, hour number two. We're hanging out today right here at Westwood Park for the United Way Golf Tournament presented by Cavens Group. Taking a T.O., coming back. Let's talk a little Oklahoma football camp next right here at the Plank Show. Back with you on the Home of Sooner fans after this. Back with you. It's a Friday edition of the Plank Show. Josh Elmer, alongside Travis Davidson and Connor Pasby. I know Connor's uh, hard at work on some other things in addition to hanging out with us, but Connor, good morning. How are you, my friend? Good morning, guys, and happy Friday to you both. A little morning, high school morning. action for you last night? Yeah, pretty fun. Uh, Piedmont and more. Welcome one of our uh, new teams to KRefSports.tv. Yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty good night. I got to hang out over at UConn America last night for a little volleyball action. So krefsports.tv, check it out. We've got all sorts of uh, broadcasts over the course of this year, over 1,000, which is uh, pretty amazing when you think about it, uh, whether it's Norman Public Schools, the, the more public schools, the Edmond Schools, Deer Creek, UConn, Piedmont, Bixby. We've got a lot of high school coverage, and uh, Connor right at the forefront of all of that. The Sooners right smack dab in the midst, we know, of fall camp. And I was listening this morning as I was getting set for, obviously, our show today, listening to the T-Row Top 25 Countdown. And, of course, Toby Rowland, uh, well, he could, but uh, he, uh, he didn't call himself for the uh, Top 25 Countdown for Oklahoma today. He called in the help of one Teddy Lehman. For the Sooners checking in at number 11. So, uh, first and foremost, Travis, Oklahoma, number 11? What do you think? That's that's a little bit higher, right, than uh, what we see out there, I guess, from most preseason prognosticators. I'm not saying it's wrong. I think that's that's reasonable for Oklahoma, but what do you think? Well, it's, uh, it's optimistic. It's optimistic. Um, you know, I... It's the highest I've seen anybody put us in any preseason ranking, whether it's, you know, people mocking up some some AP poll predictions. You know, obviously the coaches poll, we came in at 19. Like, I honestly, as I was listening each morning, I, I, I thought to myself once we got to like 13, I was like, huh, Toby must think we're unranked. Must think we're unranked <laughs> or maybe he's just not doing OU this year. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And then – 11 i was like whoa that's i mean i'm i pump sunshine with the best of them josh 
And I think 11's a little bit high uh, for, uh, you know, for my blood. But, hey, you know what? That's the voice of the Sooners right there. Well, and let's live in the, the land of optimism, right? I think OU can finish higher than that. I, I am not ruling out the scenario where Oklahoma goes and wins the Big 12. They're fully capable of that. Now, they have to drastically improve, particularly defensively. They need uh, these newcomers that they've added to show up and show out, especially, again, defensively. But uh, that, to me, is a a possibility for Oklahoma to be a Big 12 champion, to be in the mix for a college football playoff berth, to be 11 or higher nationally when it's all said and done. Obviously, though, going into this thing, uh, not a ton of people nationally have OU right there. But I'm not saying it's crazy. I think it's doable in this Big 12 for Oklahoma. One of the key figures in order for Oklahoma to get there will be a name that Teddy Lehman brought up this morning, who, if uh, I'm paraphrasing correctly, Teddy, if you're listening, feel free to correct or chime in or uh, agree. But uh, basically what I took from Teddy is that Rondell Bothroyd, from his appearances uh, watching practices so far, just in the, the limited work, that has happened to date throughout Oklahoma's fall camp. He likes Rondell Bothroyd to be a difference maker for Oklahoma and potentially to be Oklahoma's best guy or has been Oklahoma's best guy so far outside on the edge. What about uh, Rondell Bothroyd and where he's lining up for Oklahoma? He met with the media earlier this week. It depends. Uh, definitely on the package. Like if we have a package where I go inside, I'd love to go inside. If we have a game where I have to go inside, I'd play inside all day. But right now I'm outside trying to work on get, be the best outside so I can go inside. But we have enough depth where we can literally just rotate. This is probably the most, most depth I've ever been around, so it's cool to see. But that means you have to bring it every day. You can't really have an off day because you'll, you'll get put to two, three. I mean, we got Trace back full, um, which is a big deal because Trace is a dog. Um, and then everybody just pretty, pretty much healthy. And everyone knowing the plays more now, it's not like you don't hear Coach yelling as much about plays and Instead, we're just making plays and running around the field. It's fun. All right. Well, what stands out there from uh, Mr. Bothroy, Travis? Well, a couple things. First, health. Uh, obviously, uh, he's dealt with you know his health issues last year. Um, you know, along that defensive line, like you you look at Trace Ford, obviously being the other name that he mentioned. So, first, I look at he talks about health because he understands how important health is. Uh, to not only the individual success, but the success of the entire unit. And then bro, he continues to talk about Trace Ford. I think this is like the third or fourth time I've heard him talk about Trace Ford. I mean, he's, he's said in the past he's the fastest defensive lineman, uh, fastest uh, getting the quarterback I've ever seen. Um, he uses every opportunity. So that's it's either one of, one of two things, I guess, I, I can pull from that, Josh. Either he's a guy that, isn't super comfortable talking about himself and wants to praise others uh, or understands the importance of praising others, which is always a good trait, you know, to having a teammate. Or, bro, Trace Ford's going to be a dog if he can stay healthy, and, and it might be a little bit of both. What say you? Well, I say yay that Trace Ford will be a definite factor for Oklahoma. I'm just trying to sort out how all of it's going to work for really Oklahoma across the entirety of the defensive line i would say based on the amount of stock that i put into 
one Teddy Lehman and his thoughts. If he's sitting there saying that Rondell Bothroyd has been the most impressive and has a chance to be Oklahoma's most impactful edge just because he's really good uh, against the run, uh, obviously he, he talked about it right there, Rondell Bothroyd did, that he's not expecting to play inside, though there could be some packages here or there where he does slide into the interior of Oklahoma's defensive line. The fact that he's got that versatility is good news, right? I mean, that means that, yes, you're somebody that can play both uh, the run and uh, also rush the passer. So he brings that to the table, and I'll put, again, stock in the idea that Teddy's selling that Rondell Bothroyd right now maybe is Oklahoma's top edge guy. So I feel like we know that Bothroyd will be a difference maker for Oklahoma. Beyond that, we know uh, Downs is the – the lone guy, right, that was on the all-Big 12 preseason list for the Sooners. You've still got names like Reggie Grimes, like Stripling. Uh, we are talking about Trey Sports. So it's going to be, I think, by committee, sort of beyond Bothroyd based on that. And then I sort of look uh, inside for Oklahoma and feel pretty strongly, Travis, that Isaiah Coe will be uh, a, a big-time factor for Oklahoma inside and then, again, uh, beyond that, it's what about all these newcomers? Where does everything else slot in? There's a lot to sort out. I, we just don't know. Well, I could make an argument, and I think a pretty compelling argument, for four different people, maybe a fifth, to lead this team in sacks, right? The argument for Ethan Downs is, look, racked up tackles for loss last year like a madman was the only player on all big 12 at the end of the season and was the only player on the all big 12 preseason so according to many people that vote on that that are unbiased theoretically they think he's going to be the best and then you can say well r mason thomas i think he would probably be the betting favorite amongst sooner fans to to get the title of sack leader at the end of the year a lot of people think he's going to get into the double digits um and then you could say well r mason thomas I mean, uh, Trace Ford, everybody said, right, he's the fastest at getting to the quarterback. He's been wildly productive when he's been healthy. There's no reason that he shouldn't lead the team in sacks. Then you go to Rondell Bothroyd and say, this guy is among all pass rushers in the Big 12 this year. He's got the highest pass rush win rate of all returners across the conference. Obviously, he wasn't in this conference last year, but they're counting it, you know, in those rankings because they got some Cincinnati guys in there, blah, 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 right? So, and then... You look and say, man, who's that freak that's coming off the edge? Oh, that's P.J. Adebare. That might crack his way into the lineup anyways. So when you can sit there, Josh, and come up with legitimate, like finite, tangible reasons why five, four, at least four different guys could lead the team in sacks, man, that's a really good sign. Maybe I'm putting a little bit too much into this, Travis, but one more cut here from Rondell Bothroyd. I thought this was pretty cool, Rondell talking about his relationship with, well, Miguel Chavis. Uh, I think love, loving the game a little more just because I'm older. It's sometimes it feels like I want to just, like, walk through stuff and, like, kind of go through the motions. But, hey, he's, like, relight, relighting the fire in me. Um, and just like again knowing what i'm doing he he like hammers that into us because it can get confusing it can get tough and then yeah just loving the game because he the way he loves the game makes me want to play even harder there's a number of guys travis on this staff that 
if, say, we get to, just using the Plank Show as an example, say we get to 1035 like we're at right now and we're having, like, mid-show doldrums, which we never have right here on The Ref, but just hypothetically, if that were the case, Miguel Chavis, uh, perfect candidate, right, to get the energy uh, right back up. And I think that's cool right there to hear a little bit behind the the scenes that, yeah, I mean, Miguel Chavis, his energy infectious and for a couple of new names that are old faces in the game of college football but new faces here at Oklahoma in Rondell Bothroyd and in Trace Ford, especially outside for Oklahoma, I mean, that has to be revitalizing to some degree to have somebody like Miguel Chavis in your ear. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it's a little bit different, right, because excitement can come in a lot of different uh, ways, right? So, you know, we've obviously had – you know, like Roy Manning was the king of the the selfie video, getting everybody fired up. He was a big emotional guy, definitely. But he was a linebacker that was coaching defensive backs. So it, it wasn't translating on the field much. And it at some times, even though Roy was always very kind to me, I don't want to slander him too much, but at times it it felt, I don't know, disingenuous a bit, like for the cameras, right? Miguel Chavis, it, it seems genuine and he's coaching a position recruiting a position like i mean really we haven't seen in a while i mean he could be on the verge of landing his second five star in as many years but i mean and even finding a guy like r mason thomas late in the cycle like stuff like that like he's he's delivering and he's getting that energy and and we're not seeing it from him that often right josh like we don't see a a daily video of miguel chavez shouting at the camera we see either clips from other people or we hear people talk about it. We hear recruits talk about it. Man, nobody's got energy like Miguel Chavis. Nobody's got energy for this. Like, so it feels genuine. You know he's not doing it for the cameras. And, and yeah, that's a guy that won't let you. You talked about kind of the, you know, the doldrums, if you will, just kind of say, oh, man, like just not really feeling it that day. Like that's not a choice. Like you can't just not feel like, you know, getting up and getting that next rep in or anything like that. Miguel Chavis embodies that right uh that that energy that he brings you always need a young guy on the staff that's got that and he's got it in spades well and we hear brent talk a lot about that that when you have leaders and rondell bothroyd though he's new here and you know still in some ways learning this and that about uh some of the calls and things that oklahoma is doing he's he's charged with being one of the, one of the leaders on this squad because of all of the production to his name. So when you've got somebody like that, you, you want them engaged every rep. You don't want them, you know, in and out. And so mentally to uh, have him find that love of the game of football again, I mean, just any walk of life, having love for what you're doing matters. And uh, the more you do it, unfortunately, sometimes it's uh, easier to dial out of that. So I just thought that was uh, an interesting little angle there, too, from Rondell Bothroyd. A couple other names that Teddy shared for Oklahoma football that are impressing. Who are they? We'll share them with you next. Of course, uh, you can hear Teddy in the afternoon every day on the rush from three to six with uh, one Tyler McComas. But who else uh, has been impressing Teddy Lehman? These are names that uh, turn in some heads in Oklahoma fall camp. We'll share it with you on the other side. It's the Plank Show, hour number two, right here at the Home of Sooner fans. Plank Show, we are back with you live today from the United Way Golf Tournament right here at Westwood Golf Course. It's presented by Cabins Group. 
Josh Elmer, alongside Travis Davidson. And we've got Connor Pasby back in studio text line. As always, is a booming. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Would love to hear from you the rest of the way here, 405-651-3439. Stop it, says the 712. I'm getting excited thinking 80-plus team sacks. Only 80? Wow. Well, I guess I guess uh, we only had 28 last year, so only getting to 80 this year would be a bit of a disappointment. But, um, no, it's it's an interesting thought, right, because, I mean, somebody asked us last night on, on the podcast, how many sacks will OU have this year? And it's weird because, Josh, I don't typically think of – it's just a weird way to, I don't know, track stats. Like, I don't think I, I – I think if you asked – you know, a hundred OU fans. How many sacks did OU have last year? I'm not sure anybody would a know or b get within the ballpark because it's just an interesting stat to to keep. I mean, um, but yeah, eighty maybe a bit high. Yeah, eighty would uh, absolutely be a large number. The national leader last season was Louisville, and they had fifty on the season if that gives you any indication uh we, we talked a little bit uh, about who we think maybe could be the team leader in that department yesterday and uh your vote travis was for um i think i went r mason thomas but man i could be talked in i could i could talk myself into four different ones i mean it's trace ford rondo bothroyd r mason thomas and ethan downs i think all have a great shot at it and i wouldn't be surprised if somebody else rose like a grayson halton obviously from the inside it's always going to be a little tough but who knows maybe there's a unfortunate injury and pj Adabari ends up getting a ton of playing time and maybe he is in on in the third and fourth quarter once uh, you know that left tackle's been dealing with uh, you know ethan downs and r mason thomas race for the whole time and all of a sudden you've got this lightning fast uh, you know long as a monday afternoon type of guy coming across I don't know. Could be anybody. The 405 asks, what is going on with Desan McCullough? Have not heard much on him. Well, I think what's going on with Desan McCullough is all positive. Really, the uh, the cheetah in general for Oklahoma with McCullough and with Justin Harrington, dating back to the spring, I think it's been positive buzz. So maybe we just haven't talked a lot about McCullough. But uh, everything I've heard has been good. Yeah, I don't, you know, I think we get sometimes in the space of, and this is no, no disrespect intended to the texter at all, I, th- I think sometimes we get in the space of if we're not talking about them, that means something bad, right? Like you haven't heard a ton on like Woody Washington or something like that, but he's our best corner, right? Like you haven't heard a ton um, about even like, Tyler Guyton right now, but he's our best offensive lineman, right? Like, you're going to hear a lot about guys that people are very curious about. And even Desan McCullough, we had some great audio from Desan McCullough, and he dropped the buzzword competitive depth. He talked about when he came from IU, what Brent Venables had talked to him about, playing multiple positions. Obviously, Cheetah is something that's brand new to him. Um, You know, Teddy has been very complimentary of what he's seen from both him and Justin Harrington in that position. He thinks that it's going to be the most improved position on the entire team. 
so no, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's a knock on Desan McCullough at all. I think it's just simply that there's there's a lot of players to talk about, right, Josh? There's a lot of players to talk about, and there's a lot of new to talk about for Oklahoma. The importance of a Desan McCullough while we're talking about him. How important is he to this defense? I mean, it just feels like I don't want to put the the season on one player. I mean, Stutzman, obviously, if you think about the defense, would be a name that would come to mind in that regard. But as Desan goes, Oklahoma in some ways goes defensively or or no? I mean, the way Teddy talks about Justin Harrington, I mean, I think he said all all Big 12 at a minimum. I think he said a bare minimum, which would suggest everything above all Big 12 is All-American. Um, I think I think it's, yeah, the defense goes as the cheetah goes. Teddy sometimes uh, gifts us with a, um, you know, a rundown, a full segment rundown on what exactly the cheetah is, which is helpful. But I don't know. I think DeSan McCullough and Justin Harrington probably split reps for the most part, just like Kobe McKenzie and Jaron Canick do, just like Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk do, um, just like Jackson Arnold and Dylan Gabriel do. I'm just kidding on that one, so please don't um, text me about that. But, um, yeah, so I, th- I think uh, I-, I think I think DeSal McCullough will come on late, but it's Justin Harrington's job. The schedule itself probably allows you to do a little bit of that early, we hope, right? I mean, assuming that things go well versus the SMUs and Tulsa's of the world, Arkansas State, obviously, you're, you're going to be able to play a bunch of guys there. But uh, hopefully, again, if things go well versus SMU, then what, what you're talking about, whether it's McCullough, Harrington at linebacker with Canick, uh, McKenzie, uh, you name it, hopefully you can do a little tinkering and figuring out, hey, what's what's the best combination for this team? Who's producing? Okay, so the, the two names, uh, or at least a couple of the other names that Teddy mentioned this morning, I know one of them probably uh, <laughs> you've heard him mention a lot, which is running back Caleb Hicks. What do we think about that? And then safety Reggie Pearson has been uh, very, very impressive according to one Teddy Lehman. What does that mean for Oklahoma? Let's talk about it next uh, on our way out the door in hour number two. Closing up the second hour of the show, it's the Plank Show right here, hanging out today, United Way Golf Tournament right here at Westwood Park, presented by Cavens Group. Josh, Travis, Connor taking a T.O. It's the Plank Show back with you in a moment right after this. A couple of minutes before the top of the hour, it's the Plank Show right here. Home of Suda fans, hope everybody's having a great well, maybe early start to the weekend or start to Friday for you. United Way Golf Tournament right here at Westwood Park. Presented by Cavens Group, obviously United Way of Norman. They uh, do incredible things for our community. We had the chance to catch up with President Darren Wilson of United Way of Norman earlier today to tell us all about all the great things that uh, they are doing for our community. So, teased it before the break. Running back Caleb Hicks, a name that uh, Teddy Lehman has been very positive about. And uh, how about this name? Safety Reggie Pearson comes over from Texas Tech. Uh, what what do you make of the positivity surrounding one Reggie Pearson, who y- you would think, right? I mean, kind of natural fit to slide right in and be a big-time difference maker for Oklahoma. 
Yeah, I mean, earning the title of funeral funeral director early in his career, um, he is that. He's a big hitter. We all remember the hit he put on Dylan Gabriel in that Texas Tech game. We always wondered, ooh, that might be an awkward first uh, interaction once they get on the same uh, team, you know. Um, but, no, he's a big hitter. He's played a lot of college football. He came here to make an impact. Uh, he would have had – you know, plenty of opportunities other places. It just bolsters an already really, really good safety room, right? You've got, obviously, Billy Bowman there. I think Reggie Pearson's going to start across from him. But you've got a guy like Key Lawrence that's got a, a lot of experience. You've got a guy like Robert Spears Jennings that is also a big hitter. We saw him lay the wood in the Kansas game. He's coming uh, off of a surgery but looks to be good to go here um, moving forward. And then you got a guy like Peyton Bowen, right? I mean, five-star guy that looks like, uh, you know, some people are saying he looks the best of the freshmen already. So I think Reggie Pearson is, is really just what the doctor ordered, uh, a guy that can probably slide into that cheetah position if you need him to because he's played a lot of college ball. He understands a lot of college ball. Um, and I could, say, I could see if they're in more of an 11 or a 10 personnel that maybe he – Gets the gets the nod for uh, that cheetah position during those formations. Really across the board, you're hoping that Oklahoma has dramatically improved defensively, and uh, the defensive backfield, safety included. You're hoping that's an area they've improved. Hey, that's two hours in the books. We got one more to go with you right here. The Plank Show rolls on next from Westwood Park. After this.